Hey everybody, welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm hosting Holt Saffle alongside of me as always. George Rogers. Unnecessary dramatic pause. <laughs> I had to build suspense a little bit. Yeah, I get you. So, um, today we are uh, reviewing a very favorite movie of ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe this is both of our favorites for Quentin Tarantino. Yes? Uh, yes. Yes. So, um, yes, I I couldn't remember if your favorite was Pulp Fiction or this. Um, so we're doing Jackie Brown, the 1997 classic. Um, and, um, yeah, I think we can get right into it because I don't think we have anything to talk about besides this movie today. Nope. Not that I can think of. Right. That I got. Yeah. So might be a a short review because it's pretty dead out there for, uh, actually, no, let's take a quick. Three minutes. We watched Mortal Kombat, because we're not going to review the movie. No. Uh, Mortal Kombat came out on Thursday? Friday. 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 Uh, and day and day of. And we watched it. Not together, of course, but um, just quick mm-hmm. thoughts, George. Would you, would, did you like it? Uh, I, <clears throat> I enjoyed it to a point. Mm-hmm. I thought the fight scenes were really well done. They looks like they played some... So, 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 There's oh, another cat Christ. here. She come from... <laughs> The um, like they paid some tribute to some characters, mm-hmm. done very well. I just didn't like anything that wasn't fighting. Yeah, I thought the dialogue was kind of shit. Um, Storyline itself was weak in itself, but the fighting was really good. But the fighting was really good. Yeah, and a lot the of the, uh, really good, a so. lot of the uh, finishers were really cool too. Oh yeah, so and um, gore and gory for and mm-hmm. gory to boot too. Yeah, so this was rated R with, and it was and it was all the way rated R. Yeah, so. with as kind of weak as the movie as it is, I still hope we get a sequel because I'm a fan of the Mortal Kombat franchise, um, and I do love the original movie, the '95 film. Oh yeah, so hopefully. You know, we'll get like a director's cut when it comes down to home video. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Louis Tan, who I believe played um, Cole Young, was that his name? The main character? Yes. He came out on Twitter the day he came out and said there was 20 minutes of missing fighting scenes. Maybe they'll put those... So, maybe, I'll say maybe there'll maybe, be a director's cut or something like that. Or uh, or, or some deleted scenes or something later on. Like, like I miss that. Like, like buying the, the physical mm-hmm. media, it's like, oh, there's going to be there's gonna yeah. be deleted scenes. A lot of times they don't even put them on there anymore. Now, yeah. So. I mean, I, um, it used to be the whole selling tool to buying Blu-rays lot, and yeah, DVDs yeah. Was, the, was all the extra footage. So, um, so I, you know, I... Again, I share the same sentiment with George. If I had to give it out of 10, unfortunately, I'd probably give it like a three and a half or a four. Yeah. It was outside of the fighting. It was just... The fighting is really good, though. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I, I do hope we get more movies. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's fucking Mortal Kombat, you know? Yeah. It's just... Just do a better job at the sequel if you make a sequel. Just, and it's one of the... And it's one of the rare video game movie adaptations that works. Yeah, for the like, most part, it works yeah. for the, every time they, every other time they try doing a video game to movie adaptation, it 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 doesn't really work out too well. I could probably name like so. two or three that have worked. Yeah, but I know. Like, and so, off the top of my head, yeah. I couldn't. Besides the first Lara Croft movie game, yeah, because um, the second one wasn't good, but the first one was a decent. Movie. Silent Hill was good. It wasn't too bad. For yeah. us. I mean, where the, the Resident Evil franchise has made money, but they are not good v- movies. Very loosely based off of the They're game. Not good, like movies. loose as shit. I would say. Uh, unfortunately, as at the moment, as loose as an untied I, I, shoe, I can't. Um, I can't uh, really name a lot of mm-hmm. 
video game movies that have succeeded. So hopefully that starts to change. I got a good feeling about Uncharted, but that's not the hero there. Let's talk about Jackie Brown. We just wanted to quickly talk about that because it was an, a new movie that came out, and um, we're not going to review it. I mean, so uh, let's get into Jackie Brown. All right, George, you ready? Yep. All right. Um, did you see this in theaters? No. No. Okay. I was ten. Oh, still. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know if you, my if, mom. If you I, I I unfortunately did not. Did, at the time that I saw it, mm. it was the last. I, mean, I think I saw this probably for the first time. I want to say it might have been two thousand twelve. Really, I saw it probably for the first time because it doesn't. It doesn't get much play on TV. But as big as a Tarantino fan you are, I would expect it was you've one. Seen those, it. it was one of those things that because it. Because it didn't get as much head rotation it as didn't. as Pulp Fiction, yeah. Reservoir Dogs, both Kill Bill movies. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't get as much play as they did. And since I didn't have the DVD, and when it came out, I, I was young, mm-hmm. so it it was kind of like an afterthought. Like I didn't yeah. really know the movie was existed until I you know, didn't research. All right, well let me let me check this out. And my first time I saw it was when I bought that Tarantino box mm-hmm. set that I got from Fya. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was the last Tarantino movie that I needed to see. This was right before Django. Right. So right up to Django, Jackie Brown was the last Tarantino movie that I saw. And now right. I've seen them in, in succession since Qu- they've come out. Of course, yeah. But yeah, I was, I it hasn't even been ten years that I've seen. That's the, that's the crazy. Movie, yeah. I I think I saw it. Um, and I feel cheated because this is yeah. a really good movie. Yeah. And the fact that it doesn't get as much play as Pulp Fiction and the like Reservoir Dogs is criminal. And we've talked about it. I mean, I, I, we both think Reservoir Dogs is actually kind of overrated. Um, it's good for what it is, it, but it, it is. It, yeah. does, it doesn't age well. And, and you know, you know what it is is I, I think is because Tarantino has become such a great filmmaker. So you go back and watch Reservoir Dogs, you're like, ah, this ain't that good. Like it's not a bad movie, mm-hmm. but you're like, he excelled so much from Reservoir Dogs to Pulp Fiction, which was the next one after that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just the the. The way he had grown as a filmmaker between those two movies is insane. And they were only, what, three years apart? Uh, like two years apart. Two years apart? Like 92 and he, to 94. He yeah. had become such a better filmmaker in that short amount of time. It's it's wild to, to think about that. And then, of course, it was this then. Mm-hmm. And then he just has gotten better and better. Yeah. And now he's just, I mean, you, you could argue he's the best director in the world, really. I mean, as a director... He's he's got a style that nobody else has. Yeah. So, um, I I don't think he's the best director. He's in my top five though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, might even be three. I might I might put him under Nolan and Snyder. Because Spielberg has been you making him, yeah, but you put him under Spielberg. Spielberg has been really hit and miss the last twenty years. Yeah, but everything before the last twenty years. I know. Was I know. On. I know. But but like I said, the the last twenty years he's been like super hit and miss. Yeah, his last his last twenty years hit and miss, but his first thirty were oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's hard. It's hard. It, Spielberg's one of those weird things because he has so many classic movies, but then he makes like, I I'm sorry, I didn't like Ready Player One, huh. you know, and I I don't have a desire to see. Uh, I want to say Gangs in New York, but that's the that's West Side West Side Story. West Side's- <laughs> Gangs in New York. That wasn't him. That was Scorsese. Yeah, that's a great movie though. <laughs> yeah. Scorsese's up there too. Still, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just Ma- Marty Scorsese. Yeah, Marty Sco. <laughs> Nobody calls him. <laughs> that. Um, Nobody I, calls I him. I think that. I saw maybe Burt Russell. Yeah, yeah Burt <laughs> Russell and fucking and, and, and fucking. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Maybe he'll be in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll <fix it>. Um, 
I'm reading I, our notes. I like how it says uh, screenplay by Quentin. Yeah, because I feel like writing his Tarantino out again. Which is funny because I know how to spell Tarantino, but Quentin, because there's different ways to yeah. spell Quentin, I always spell his first name wrong. Um, I think I saw this in the... Um, this is probably the second Tarantino film I saw. Pulp Fiction was the first one I saw. I definitely saw this before Kill Bill 1, one and 2. So, um, I, and I've always loved this movie. I, I've definitely been a beater of the drum um, for this film. Uh, for a couple of years, it wasn't at my top spot because like Inglourious Bastards came out and Django came out, and and there were, I think they're two and three respectively on my list. Not I don't I think they're I think Django's at number two for me. Um, and then when I revisited this movie a few years ago, I was just like, this really is his best movie, at least in my opinion. Um, and it's it, like you George said it perfectly. It's it's like his forgotten film. Yeah, everybody kind of looks over it, but it's such a great crime movie. Because um, this is it's 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 about a crime. So um, let's let's uh, let's let's rock and roll. All right. So uh, Jackie Brown released December eighth, nineteen ninety seven. That was its premiere in, in California uh, on December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven, which was the U.S. premiere. I'm, I'm sure the rest of the world as well. It just said U.S. But on a budget of twelve million dollars, it's it's crazy how low budget his movies are. Yeah, you know, and and just how he works with such a lower budget. Um, a box office of seventy four point seven million dollars. Directed by, directed and the screenplay by was uh, by Quentin Tarantino, produced by Lawrence Bender, who is I'm pretty sure has produced all his movies. Correct? Mm, yeah. Uh, I think right up until his passing. Yeah. Wait, he died. I believe he did. Really? I don't remember it saying it uh, on, but I didn't click on it. But uh, it's based on Rum. Punch. Oh no, he's still alive. I'm is sorry. Okay. I must be insane then. You might be thinking something. Else. Yeah, there's another name that I think you're thinking. Sally Menke, his editor. Okay. She's the one that passed okay, away. Okay. Yeah. And um, based on Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard, or Leonard, however you want to pronounce it, starring Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson, the great Robert Forster. Love Robert Forster. Uh, uh, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, and Robert De Niro. Lawrence Bender has not been on one of his movies since Inglorious Bastards. So, 2009? 2009? Really? I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. Falling out? Maybe retired. No, he still did other stuff. It just maybe. He just found somebody else. Entirely, entirely possible. Maybe, yeah. So, um, yeah. You want to you take it away for us? No, we're right, here. right In 1995, Jackie Brown, a flight attendant for the fictional Mexican airline Cabo Air, makes ends meet by smuggling money from Mexico into the United States for Ordell Roby, a gun runner living in Los Angeles. Ordell is under surveillance by the ATF, so he uses couriers to move contraband. When another courier, Beaumont Livingston, is arrested, Ordell assumes he'll become an informant to avoid jail time. Ordell arranges a $10,000 bail with bondsman Max Cherry, then lures Livingston into a car trunk and kills him. So the movie opens up with, it It, it focuses heavily on Jackie as she's just walking. It's just, it's just her walking mm-hmm. while the song uh, Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack is playing in the, is playing mm-hmm. in the background. And, you know, she's walking along. Then as it gets clear, you know, she's hurrying up. They see, oh, she's just a, she's just a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it cuts into, um, we get Sam Jackson and Bobby De Niro sitting on a couch. And uh, what's her name? Bridget Fonda mm-hmm. is there as well. And you see, you know, you see Ordell is talking to um, Lewis, who is Bobby De Niro's character. About guns and like all different types of things, and there's one of my favorite lines in the movie, and it's kind of it, it, it's kind of odd to 
to say it now, mm-hmm. being that it's 2021 and everything that has gone on in this country since this movie, I'm not saying this is the start of it, but I'm saying mm-hmm. since this movie came out, is one of the lines that when, he, when he's watching the videotape of all the guns, he's telling Lewis about all the money he makes on guns, the types he sells, the people who wants them and all that. And then when they come out, they're talking about the AK-47. And he says, the at least I think it's an iconic line, he goes, the AK-47, when you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room except no substitutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so ominous to say it now because it's like, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's fucking, it rings, it, it rings true now. Mm-hmm. But it's such a, it, it's, it's such a, it's the way it's delivered by Sam, yeah. where it's like, you believe that Sam Jackson just runs guns on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think this is Sam Jackson's best role. Even over um, Not, Star Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he did other stuff before this, but I mean, working with Tarantino shot him straight to the A list. Mm-hmm. Shot him straight back to back movies. Straight so. to the fucking top. But then. Ordell gets the call about uh, Beaumont, who's been arrested. Then he goes and sees Max Cherry, who's played by Robert Forrester, who was nominated for a supporting actor for this movie. Mm-hmm. Did not win. Criminal. Mm-hmm. Who did win in 97? Ah, fuck, funny. You mean 95? Well, <laughs> oh, you said 97? Oh, 97, yeah. yeah. Oh, because it takes place in 95. Yeah. All right. Because it was probably filmed in 95. Yeah. Oh, right uh, who the fuck knows? It could have been anybody. And Beaumont's played by Chris Tucker. Yeah, a young Chris Tucker. Yeah, who is you know, probably just fresh off of Friday because Friday was ninety five. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting this whole thing. It was like, I need you to come with me on this, on this fucking, on the, on this deal. He's like, I need you to just hop in this trunk. It's like I'm not getting this trunk. And he's like, he's like, you know, who who just broke your ass out of jail? You know, you can get in this fucking trunk. I spent ten thousand dollars of my hard earned money. You know, you can get your ass in this fucking trunk. Mm-hmm. And then you, know, you kind of don't really, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then you see, and then as soon as Ordell gets to the front seat of the car and he puts the gloves on, it's like, all right, this is probably going to be this one. Then you get that long shot where the camera pulls out and the car pulls away. And all it does is just drive around the corner into a vacant lot. And it's not even a close up shot. The camera's still in the back. And he gets out of the car, pops the trunk, and you hear the gunshots. Mm. And they close the trunk. Like, fantastic. Yeah. And that song that plays in the car, uh, Strawberry Letter 23, great fucking song. Mm-hmm. Great fucking song. But that's, I mean, he. Picked these songs in this movie for a specific reason. He was trying to uh, kind of pay homage to the black exploitation movies of, of the seventies, and mm-hmm. it, I mean he did. Yeah, I agree. It's fantastic. This is a great, great movie. Mm-hmm. A solid fucking cast. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I mean, you, would you say it might be Tarantino's best overall cast? Oof, that's tough. Yeah, because that because the overall because he casts yeah great cast in every it's movie. It's really right? hard to just it's how do you even rate his cast at yeah, this point? It's I mean, hard. I mean, you have a. I mean, you have you have a strong cast here with mm-hmm. Pam Greer, Sam Jackson, Robert De Niro, Keaton. Bridget Fonda, Keaton. Like that's a solid cast. But then you're Keaton looking, with his fucking sandals and socks. Oh yeah, fucking. That's right. He's the only person that's allowed to do that. Him and John Cusack from Con Air. <laughs> but then you go back to Pulp Fiction. Travolta, yeah. Sam Jackson, Bruce Ving Willis, Rames. Bing Rhames, yeah. Uma Thurman. And that was before we knew who the fuck Ving Rhames you was. You could even go up to um, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hollywood, which is a stellar cast. Brad Pitt, like, uh, DiCaprio, did, 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 Margot yeah. Robbie, D- uh, Pacino. Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's... Got a great ass! Great ass! Great ass! 
Look at you, like a bile. Where'd you learn your trade, you stupid fucking cunt? You prick. <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth, you stupid fucking cunt. Oh, I'm so many names. <laughs> hey, call me dad. Hey, my bag bubblegum and teach you how to chew it. Ooh, ooh, your mouth is a bile. <laughs> we need to review Glengarry Glen Ross literally for the fucking one-liners in that movie. Seriously. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Just him and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing poor Martin Landau all the time. No, not Martin Landau. Jack um, Lemon. Jack Lemon. <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna watch a best of video after this. Uh, goddamn. <laughs> we haven't done any Pacino movie so far. We've been, no, we've been around no. for almost a year, and we haven't done a no. Pacino movie. There's a supercut where he fucking ripped that guy's pants off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's gonna fucking butt rape him. <laughs> oh. Ridiculous. We can't do Serpico until I grow my hair back out. And your beard. Yeah. You gotta. You, you have to look like Serpico. Or at the very least like Anthony Lepaglia from Sawing Mary and Axe Murder. Thanks. Well, he's like, God, I thought this job was going to be like Serpico, but I feel like Fish from Barney Miller. No, I'm going to be Anthony Lepaglia <laughs> from, uh, from Frasier. Fucking please, could you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right away, Rose. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, Stilts, wake me for dinner, will you? <laughs> Any fucking way. Back to this. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah, give me a slow clap. Ah, oh, thanks. Acting on information Livingston had already shared, ATF agent Ray Nicola and LAPD detective Mark Dargis intercept Jackie as she returns to the United States with Ordell's cash and a bag of cocaine, though Jackie was unaware the cocaine was stashed in her luggage. She is sent to county jail, which alerts Ordell that she might become an informant. Having been paid by Ordell, Max retrieves Jackie from the jail and becomes attracted to her. Ordell arrives at Jackie's house to kill her, but having anticipated this, she pulls a gun on him that she has taken from Max's car. She negotiates a deal with Ordell, which she pretends to help the authorities while smuggling $550,000 of Ordell's money, enough for him to retire. So, we also, so now, like, right after, well, not right after Livingston, or right after Beaumont is shot, but he goes to where he's got Lewis set up, at this woman Simone's house Ooh. over in Compton. And then he shows Lewis Beaumont's body in the trunk. And then he explains to him the situation. Like Beaumont put himself in a, in a situation where he was either going to have to do 10 years in jail. And if you know Beaumont, Beaumont can't do 10 years in jail. Ooh. So he will do anything he can to, per, to keep that from happening, which involves telling the FBI anything and everything about my ass. So, that's why it's like all right. So that's why he did what he did, and then when he and then when he goes to to put the bail or to to pay the bail on Jackie, now you're like all right. So this is what all right. So this is exactly what he is. You know he gets these he gets his couriers out of jail, but then shoots them when he worries about them or kills them when he worries about them. You know, gonna fucking dime him out to mm-hmm. the authorities because mm-hmm. he's a gun runner. Mm-hmm. So obviously the ATF is looking real fucking hard at what mm-hmm. he's doing, but they can't. Do anything without any real information. So, you know, she gets she gets fucking picked up and she decides to stay mute for the trial because she's not telling anything, out of, obviously out of that. And they set the bail on her. Max gets her out. And then he maybe is like, oh, yeah, you want to get a drink somewhere? And then you know, they're talking. You, you see there's a little bit, there's a rapport there. And he is trying to look out for her. Maybe he... Maybe he was immediately attracted to her or maybe he saw something in her that, you know, you know, she, you know she made a mistake. I can I can try to help this girl out, but then Ordell shows up at her house and you know he's 
turning off the lights and shit as they're talking. She's like, oh, you know, did you tell him anything? She's like, I didn't tell him anything. And then we get that split screen that Tarantino is always, uh-huh. always good for, uh-huh. where it shows Max in the car and then Ordell getting close, getting kind of close to Jack, and you can see the, the silhouette of his hands going up around her neck. And then Max reaches in the glove, or it shows Max open the glove box and his gun is gone. And then the next thing you hear is the is Jackie clicking the gun. And he's like, is that what I think it is? Jackie's like, what do you think it is? He's like, it feels like a gun pressed up against my dick. She's like, oh, that's exactly what it is. Now take your hands from around my throat. And then she says the N-word at him because this in this movie, it gets thrown around pretty fucking often. So Jackie's immediately one step ahead. Probably because she knows what was going to happen because Max told her that yeah. that Beaumont was found dead in a trunk. Mm-hmm. So, she's, so she's already aware, all right, <clears throat> this is what the fuck is going on. So she's already prepped and she prepares herself and then Max shows up the next day to get the gun back from her and she took Wardell's, obviously, and then made the deal. And from, the, from the minute that happens with Jackie, she is 100% in control of the situation. She knows what's going on when it's happening. Yep. And it's fan-fucking-tastic. Absolutely. And Pam Greer was not really an A-lister when this... Not at this point, no. Not she, had this not, point. She, was, she had not done many she major was gone. roles I mean, you know, she was big in the, you know, from the Black Spectators <clears throat> with Coffee and Foxy Brown in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino loves black exploitation movies, and he wanted to put her. In a lot pulp, of them are great movies. He wanted to put her in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he was going to have her cast as Jody, Eric Stoltz's wife, mm-hmm. but he felt that the way that Jody was treated in the movie is n- not how Pam Greer would have reacted. Mm-hmm. So that's why he didn't put her in and put uh, Rosanna Arquette in that role right. instead. But it, it, this is how. You do a strong female character. Yeah. Like, no one has been undermined. No one's throwing it right out. No, no one's out there. <laughs> yeah. No one is sitting there, you know, talking about, oh, no, for a woman. Or, you know, it's Jackie. She's just a strong fucking character. That's just how it is. I know what you're doing. I'm not dumb. I can read. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even want to say that out loud. Ugh. But then we where when Max is uh when Max is back up our house and we're playing the Delphonics, the Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time? That's a great that's that's another fucking great song. You, you were a fan of Delphonics? I'm a big fan of Delphonics. I grew up Oh, excuse me, there's a blush. The fucking scissors on this bed. What the hell is going on here? Oh, flick. No, it's probably got fucking cooties on it. Some shit. A lot of nonsense. A lot of cat hair on this fucking beats. Yeah, let's, uh, let's move this thing a little. Move this thing a little closer. You know, hippity hoppity ho. Hippity bibbity dibbity bibbity. For this plan, Ordell brings in Louis Guerra, a former cellmate, and Sharonda, one of Ordell's women. Unaware of Jackie and Ordell's plan to smuggle in $550,000, Nicolette and Dargis devise a sting to catch Ordell during the transfer of $50,000. Unbeknownst to all, Jackie plans to double-cross everyone and keep $500,000 for herself. She recruits Max to assist and offers him a cut. During the test run, with d- during the test run, right. Jackie, with Nicola and Dargis aware, <laughs> smuggles in $10,000 of Wardell's money to swap with Sharonda at the, fu- at the mall food court. After Jackie leaves, Max, monitoring from afar, observes an unknown woman swap bags with Sharonda. 
Max informs Jackie and she confronts Ordell, who states that he used Simone, another one of his women, to secure his money as a backup. So, Jackie unaware that Ordell has brought another woman in, but Ordell doesn't know that that Jackie has Max Uh as her second, like watching everything from afar. He kind of sees it because there's a point at the mall where, where, where Jackie's talking to Ordell, and then Ordell leaves, but sees Max walking by, and then he just kind of like, you know, he doesn't want to see him because obviously he's a bail bondsman, he's a fucking criminal, and Max knows that Ordell's into some shit, but he doesn't really mm-hmm. care. You know, it's working out for you, so power to you, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like whatever. You know, when he's sitting there, he's like, oh, you want me to speculate? You got stewards is bringing you $10,000. You want me to know what's, you know, you want me to know what a, what a fucking hot customer you are or what a, or what a fucking big shot. He's like, he, he's, he, he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Um, but he sees, he sees them having a conversation at moment. He's like, what the fuck is this? So he's already kind of got this thought in his head. Like, All right, like something's not right, but he's not really thinking too much of it. So during the exchange, I mean, and then Simone runs off with that fucking 10,000, which we'll find out later here. But also throughout, while all this is going on, Melanie is trying to convince Lewis to screw Ordell out of the money and get the money for them so they can do whatever. Mm-hmm. But Lewis already tells like Ordell, he's like, no, Melanie's trying to get me to, you know, to, to side with her. And he's like, oh, and, and Ordell's like, yeah, I know. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I, it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't trust Melanie, but I can trust Melanie to be Melanie. Like, you know, it, it's, 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 that's what she's going to do. It's like, yeah, she bitches a lot, but she's my little blonde surfer girl. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, at one point, they uh, Lewis and Melanie fuck in a kitchen, mm-hmm. but it's you know not it's nothing seen because whatever. And it was only three minutes, and De Niro looks old as fuck, hacking up a lung. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got a beer. Like, hey, and clean up. Class guy, good guy, good guy. But this like there's there's so much going on, and you know, all that's happening. And Jackie's telling is telling Keaton or Nicola everything that's going on. So there's a whole lot of moving pieces. Going on, so it's easy to get lost throughout the storyline mm-hmm. of the movie, mm-hmm. but it's also easy to pay attention if you actually watch the movie and pay attention. Yeah, if you don't do it nowadays, how people it's like, oh, I got on this background noise while I uh, send pictures of my dick to people on fucking TikTok. You know, you know the type. Mm-hmm. On the day of the transfer, Ordell discovers that Simone has left town with the ten thousand and reluctantly recruits Melanie to perform the swamp. Swap, not swamp. Excuse me. Jackie enters a dressing room in a department store to try on a suit. She has told Ordell she will swap bags there with Melanie, supposedly passing off the fi- the five hundred fifty thousand under the nose of Nicolette, who has who has been told the exchange will take place in the food court. Instead, the bag she gives Melanie contains only fifty thousand dollars, and she leaves the rest behind in the dressing room for Max to pick up. Jackie feigns despair to Nicolette and Dargus, claiming that Melanie burst in the dressing room and stole the money. So there's a a lot of different acts going on in the movie. So you get. At this point, we see it's Jackie and Nicolette. You know, he's marking the fifty thousand dollars with the with the sharpies. That way, he knows what to look for when he picks him up with the money. Mm-hmm. So we get that, and then we get Melanie and Lewis as you know as Ordell's couriers to get the money, and then Max, who is working for Jackie, to get the actual money that's going on. And there's a and they show you at this point, it's, 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 it's a linear story, but Tarantino, you know, he loves to go, he loves to, to, to backtrack and do flashbacks. So the first time we get it, we see the point of view from Jackie. 
So, you know, she goes in, she tries on the suit, she pays, and you see she's acting kind of hurried. Because mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, we, we see Melanie go in the dressing room and then come back out and then leave with Lewis. And then Jackie comes out and she's running out and you know, she's acting, you know, she's calling for Ray and all that. And then we show, and then it shows Ray, at, or not Ray, uh, Lewis and Melanie. How they're like getting ready and they're running late as shit because Melanie's mm-hmm. fucking around. And Lewis is like, oh, I don't know. It's like, because, you know, Ordell calls to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, what the fuck are you still doing there? You know, get the hell out of there. It's like, go smack that bitch in the mouth and tell her we got to go. And he's like, oh, I got to, you know, he's trying to not because that's not his style. But then he goes and gets Melanie and he's just being rough for the whole time because he's, you know, he's performing a heist. Yeah. And it's probably the first one he's done since he, you know, I think he did uh, like four years in Susanville, they said, where he was uh, for robbery and he's like freaking out and he's a little older and probably a little slower, so his taking some time with it and then they get the money or they get the money I should say in quotes and they go out and Melanie's teasing him the whole fucking time like oh you know because he forgot where they parked the car it's mm-hmm. like oh is it here is it here and he's like alright just 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 don't say anything just, just not another word just don't say anything so he says one more word and he turns around and just shoots her twice it's like oh wasn't expecting that and then he's like oh see it's right here I knew where I parked it it's right over here mm-hmm. and he gets in the car and drives off and the song that's playing that <clears throat> The song that's playing in the car there is a uh, little Midnight Confession by the Grassroots. Another another fucking classic. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan of the Grassroots. No, I'm not. You, you, you could be. And then we get Max's point of view. Mm-hmm. As he's driving along, he's got the Delphonics playing. Mm-hmm. Then Lewis sees him, and he's just like, you know, little fucking, like, like that fucking sleuth that guy's giving well, you. Side, side note with Robert Forrest, how great was he in season three of Twin Peaks? Oh, man, he was great. Sheriff Newman? Sheriff Truman. Sheriff Schumann? Sheriff Harry... Sheriff, uh... It was Harry Truman. No, Harry Truman was, uh... Was in season one, season two. Frank Truman. brother. Fr- Frank Truman. They, they were supposed to be yeah, his brother, yeah. he was his brother, Frank Truman. Yeah. Yeah. Still, he was great, though. He was great, man, yeah. I mean, I would have liked to have seen more with it, but it's David Lynch. He's gonna do whatever he wants anyway. Don't think we're ever gonna get a season four. Uh, I don't <laughs> want a season four. But it... Let it end. Just let me have my confusion. I don't want you explaining. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you. Season, I don't season want, three was much better than season two. So. I don't want season four to show up and it's just two hours of Jeff Goldman explaining to me everything and why it No, it'll happened. be David Lynch going, did you leave a plate of coffee out? Next time, leave it out in the past and the present and <laughs> the future. In the future, leave out a plate of coffee. Also in the past. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now that we've diverged. <laughs> it's a severed thumb. Look at it. Look at the fear. <laughs> and then she... <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking? Heineken. Heineken, fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Rosebud. Thanks. Any, any goddamn way. Now they do David Lynch portion of the uh, podcast is... Coop, we're cooking quinoa! A pan. Got good water. Good water. Good from water. The water. From the tap. <laughs> You put a little bit in, and then you add the quinoa. <laughs> Good lord, David Lynch, what a maniac, what a fucking madman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the weather today, eighty degrees and sunny. He's doing fucking weather reports on his Facebook. It's like, all right. Have you seen him lately with the beard? Yeah, I'm sure there's a story behind it. Anyway, Max goes in and grabs the bag that actually that has the money, and then Fire he just walk leaves. with me. I'm, I'm, we're done. We're done with the David Lynch. We're we're on the 
more things. You know who never showed up in the David Lynch movie? <sighs> Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yes, he did. Did he? Yeah. My whole drive. Probably. That's the only David Lynch movie I've actually seen. Uh, and Dune. But any, it wasn't in Dune. Any Racerhead. I have not seen it. I refuse to watch Racerhead because I hear it's a fucking retarded ass fucking movie. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Blip. Here we go. In the park a lot, Melanie taunts Lewis so much that he loses his temper and shoots and kills her. Well, I just said that. Uh-huh. Lewis confesses to Ortel to or- Ortel to Ordell, who becomes livid upon discovering most of the money is missing, and then realizes Jackie's the culprit. When Lewis and Ordell argue about Lewis seeing Max in the store, but thinking nothing of it, Ordell kills Lewis and leaves with the bag. He then turns his anger towards Max, who tells him Jackie is frightened for her life and is waiting in Max's office to hand over the money. Ordell holds Max at gunpoint as they enter the darkened office. On Jackie's cue, Nicolette jumps from his hiding place and and kills Ordell. So, they're driving there. Lewis picks him. He's like, oh, where's Melanie? It's like, ah, I I had to shoot her. Obviously, he's fucking mad that he did it. It's not said, but it's it's heavily implied that Ordell actually loved Melanie. Because you you see him several times when he's sitting there when he's like, when uh, he's... Clearly mad at Lewis for it, but he's trying to remain professional at the same time. You know, mm. and so you know, if you had to do it, then you had to do it. You no, know, it's you, know, you did what you had to do. But then he discovers that he's been duped. Ah, I've been had because mm-hmm. there's books in the bag. And, you know, and he's like, oh. And then Lewis is like, no, like I didn't check it because it felt right. Yeah. You no, know, and, and you know, it's like, oh, he's like, she didn't put her hand in the bag. Neither did I. Like, like, you know, what happened to you, man? You used to be beautiful. Yeah. It's what happened to you, man? You used to be beautiful. You now and shoots him. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, you sure you didn't vote? Like, fuck you, man, for thinking that. Like, fuck you for thinking I would do that. You know, it's just, just good shit. Because we actually see, you know, he's sure of himself now. You know, he's not just, like, mumbling over his words and mm-hmm. all the other horse episodes. But then he gets shot. But then since Melanie's dead, Ordell is nowhere to hold up. So he's over at his fucking place in Compton where he's got Sharonda set up, who is this, uh, this fucking Georgia fucking hillbilly that came off the, that fell right off a bus for Hollywood. And he's like, yeah, this is Hollywood. And just took it out fucking Compton had her fucking doped up and shit uh-huh. um shit where was I going with this I don't know uh, my, my head is like a fucking Tarantino I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna have to fucking backtrack and everything um so he said Max goes like oh you know I've, I've got your money for the bail and he's like oh yeah I know you got my money motherfucker you know cause he's well aware that Jackie has all the money and he knows that fucking Max helped because Lewis saw him in the store, so he put two and two together. Yeah, because he's not an idiot. Yeah, but Ordell wasn't going to be anywhere near the mall because he knew that they were going to be looking for mm-hmm. his ass. So he's like, no, I'm going to go to a titty bar, so it's perfectly fine. They ain't, they, they ain't going to catch my ass anywhere. So then, you know, she's like, no. So Max like, no, J- Jackie's got your money. It's in the safe in my office. You know, you call into the combination. It's like, no, but she wants you to come get it so she can tell you herself that she's sorry and all this. And then you'd see, you know, they're getting serious in the car. And, and just before they go in, it's like, you know, anybody else in there, you know, and we or they say, we got to go somewhere else to get my money. It's like, I'm going to shoot you in the head. I'm going to kneecap that bitch, you know, to get the money. It's like, anything goes sour. It's like, anything you want to tell me before we go in there? And Max is just, he's stone-faced. He's like, you know, I'm, you know we're good. We'll go in. And then he walks in. It's like, oh, Jackie, what you doing here in the dark? And then like, that, that door opens and just a silhouette of Keaton just, you know, fucking big dick energy because she's coming out of the room. And he's just standing there. And then she just yells, <laughs> Ray's got a gun. And immediately Keaton just pulls up his gun and fucking shoots him down. Mm-hmm. So 
amazing. Great fucking scene. Yeah, but I also, I like the part where she's sitting, after she gets off the phone with Rodell, and she's sitting in the office, and she's, you know, she's, like, mimicking if she can, like, reach down the desk mm-hmm. and pull out the gun. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's badass of Pam Green. She's, just owns the fucking role. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. As uh, Tarantino <clears throat> calls her, the first femme fatale. I'll buy it. Does he actually say that? I swear I've heard him say that. I believe it. It's it, it's hard to argue against it. Mm-hmm. How do you not? Like, she's a, just a just a real fucking badass woman. Foxy Brown. Yeah. She was also the Foxy Cleopatra. She was not Foxy Cleopatra. No. They ain't gonna make her a fucking Bond girl. She ain't fucking James. She ain't fucking James Bond the first night. James Bond. Did I say James Brown? What did I say? Foxy Cleopatra was not in James Bond. I know, but I'm saying you're not gonna see Pam Greer as a oh, as a Bond as no, a Bond no, no, girl. No. No, she 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 got bigger dick than James Bond. Whoa, calm down. Well, it's about the same size. Okay, that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. No, she she's gonna fall for any of his smooth moves. She's like, listen, you go you gonna fuck this pussy or not? And he's like, I don't even know how to act. He's like, well, I guess so. Let's <laughs> make her Mayday. Mayday, you said you were gonna take care of me. <laughs> Walking's like, huh? There you go. Dad. Dad. Dad, stop. Dad, stop. Go. Dad, go. Save yourself. <laughs> it's time to go greet the masses. Yep. Any fucking way. Uh-huh. Coming in December, Batman Returns. Yep. Uh, f- finishing out that four, that four quadrilogy. Mm-hmm. Quadrilogy. Because some of the bills Nicolette... <laughs> anyway. Because some of the bills Nicolette marked were found on Melanie's body and Lewis's body near the mall, it is concluded that Wardell killed them for attempting to steal his money. The ATF drops the criminal, the, the criminal charges against Jackie for her cooperation. Now, owning Ordell's remaining money and his car, Jackie plans a trip to Madrid. After Max declines Jackie's invitation to join her, they kiss goodbye and she, le- and she leaves as he takes a phone call, which she cuts short as Jackie drives away. Finn. Uh-huh. And then that same song plays at the end that played during the beginning, the Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, I mean... What's your favorite scene? Oh, good lord. It's... Fuck my head over here. Um, I think my favorite scene is when Ordell goes to kill Jackie and she turns the tables on him. And they have that little fucking back and forth there where she's like, no, no, you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to what I got to say. Or, you know, it's like, it's like, no, you will shut up or I'm going to shut you up personally. You you understand what the fuck I'm saying? Fantastic. Uh, favorite scene for you? Um, I like the end where, um, you know, you see her setting up the dupe mm-hmm. against, uh, Ordell. Yeah. Um, you know, when she gives the bag to Melanie, clearly with the books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then she, oh, it's everything in the mall, everything in the, yeah. 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 And then she's like, puts on the act of panicking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's just brilliant. And just yeah. watching all the different pieces come together. Mm-hmm. It's like, it tells that mm-hmm. complete story. It's like, ah. Like this and then thing. you know, we have Robert Forster who's like, oh, I believe my wife left a bag full of beach towels in the uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, thing. And like, oh yeah, go ahead, they're in there. So yeah, go ahead, go on. Um, hell of a fucking soundtrack on this too, mm-hmm. as you. I mean, as usual with 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 a Tarantino movie. So uh, on a sidetrack though, before you get on that, what is your favorite Tarantino uh, soundtrack? Favorite Tarantino soundtrack? Mm-hmm. It's probably this one. Honestly, it? he doesn't um, have a lot of really 
great. No, but I, he, not, he, he uses a lot but, of classic but, songs in his movies but with and stuff him, like that. But, but, but with his, with his style, mm. the songs play it, it's like with James Gunn right yeah the songs play a role in the movie that, that's it's, what, it's that's like what the I sound mean. it's like the soundtrack itself is its own separate character yeah like how they say how um during like during the scene when they're driving to the mall for the final for, for the final switch mm-hmm. and Robert Forrester has the has the Delphonics you know didn't I blow your mind this time playing in the car mm-hmm. which obviously is a song that reminds him of Jackie mm-hmm. but it's also considered to be like his theme Mm. Like it's his theme song, like Melanie and Lewis. Now they got the Midnight Confessions, because that's playing in their car. She's got Street Life that's playing by who did Street Life? Let me take a look here. Randy Crawford. Mm. That's playing her car. So it's all considered like yeah. different soundtracks yeah. for those specific people. And yeah. it just it like I said, it just like in any other Tarantino movie, the soundtrack is its own separate character. Mine's probably Once Upon a Time. It's a great soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. It's just, it's, everything fits perfectly in them. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, great, it's a great movie. I mean, it's, can't wait to review um, that one. I don't even want to ask out of time because it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, this one's yeah, 10, yeah, it's 10, 10 out of 10. Do you, do you have a least favorite scene? No. I don't either. No. Again, this is, this is, this, this is my favorite Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. I literally see no faults in it. <laughs> I don't really see many faults in any of his movies, but right. this is, this is, I mean, I can, favorite. I mean, there are some movies. Sure. I mean, there, there's only, Maybe a couple. I think it's this and Pulp Fiction that I don't think have a bad scene. Mm-hmm. Like to me, to me, this and Pulp Fiction are perfect ten out of ten. I don't see any fault with either of those movies. At all. I mean, there are other ones. Like Kill Bill has a couple scenes I could probably do without. Death Proof definitely has some scenes I could do without. Mm-hmm. But like Inglorious Bastard, you know, they they all have like something that's you know I, I could think, probably do without this. I think this and I'm I'm like this with uh. I'm like that with this and Django. I just think Django's fucking perfect. I think Django. Especially when uh, he shoots what's-her-face sideways. <laughs> That's great. She flies sideways. I noticed once he... Like, after he did Kill Bill, which was obviously after he collaborated with Robert Rodriguez with... Like, with... Uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Great movie, can't we? Should, oh, yeah. with that, should we do that? Uh, for, should we reserve that for one of our six, six, six weeks of horror? Years? I see no reason why not. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not this year, but I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. that we should yeah. just reserve that for for the horror. It's thought. a vampire movie. Yeah, I agree. Maybe just not as scary because Robert Rodriguez and he's like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna play this acoustic guitar with Grogu bobbing his head to the song. You saw that gif, right? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like once he once he teamed with Robert Rodriguez, the blood just amped up to 11 so yeah. like especially with Kill Bill which that was designed to look like that because yeah, it's supposed yeah, yeah. to be like a samurai type movie but yeah. and Glorious Bastards you know they amped the, the gore you know and yeah especially when they they fucking blow fucking Hitler to yeah. machine guns <laughs> and Django when he fucking shoots a woman through the mm-hmm. the fucking side like, which, is he, a, which is an homage to Spaghetti Watch yeah and stuff like but that. like he definitely like ramped up the blood yeah yeah which in some in some cases it's like ah all he, right he, he drew he drew well I mean there wasn't a lot of blood in Once Upon a Time but he mm. he drew a lot of that back for Once Upon a Time so that's very that's a very story driven movie yeah because the only because the only part you have it is just that ending fight scene he between Bram- yeah. the dog the, the dog <laughs> food can oh in the chick's God. face. And DiCaprio sets her on fire in the mm-hmm. zone ah! and he just gets up <laughs> runs off it's like where's he he comes back out it's like of course he saw the fucking flamethrower yeah. DiCaprio uh, should have won an Oscar for that. Did that win any Oscars once upon a time? Brad Pitt won one. Did he won it for that? Yeah. Then he good for him. Yeah. It was well, well deserved. That's a great yeah. fucking thing. That's yeah. my favorite role by Brad Pitt, probably. I really. No, I like Seven. Seven's great too, yeah. 
I'd say that. I would say Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. Seven, Moneyball, and Troy are my favorite Brad Pitt movies. I didn't really like Troy. No? Eh. I loved it. He was so fucking great as Achilles in it. I mean, I saw it once he, in the theater. Especially when he got stabbed in the Achilles. You're like, oh, oh, there it is. That's why he's there called. Oh, that's probably oh, why he's called Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, do you think it's where the term Achilles Hill came from? I think so. Wow. You know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Any fucking way. Hey, um, what are we doing next week? Uh, I don't have the calendar in front of me. I believe it's the Avengers. It is. It's May 4th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hindsight. May 3rd, whatever. Yeah. It's whatever, whatever. Hindsight. We probably shouldn't have a Star Wars movie there. But nah. May the 4th. But nah, I I honestly don't give a shit about what they consider Star Wars. They, oh, May the 4th be with you. I, no. I, to me, Star, I Wars, Star Wars Day is May 25th. Because that's the day that's, of the... Right, May 25th, I'm almost positive, is the day of New Hope debuted in yeah. the theaters. I don't think it needs a, a day. No. it's Because it's May 5th. Revenge of the, Revenge Revenge of the, the 5th. Revenge of the 5th. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, our, you know, you've turned them against me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's our, that's our, I, I'm almost positive. That's our, oh, Chris, Chris sent us a picture of his lasagna. Oh, throw it out. That's weird. That's yeah, <laughs> throw it away. We're going to the diner. Yeah. Um, but, um, I'm almost positive. The Avengers is the first podcast of the month. I believe so. Cause yeah. May, cause May is a blockbuster month. It is. Yeah. I wish that's, I, had, I wish one of us had our calendars in front of me. Cause I don't, we're, I think because there, there's five movies in November. It's, it's Avengers, Top, Top Gun, Gun um, Last Crusade, Back to the Future Three, and there's a fifth movie in there. Yeah. See, I think but Back to the Future Three and the, the last, last one. Cru- no, Back to Future. No, the the Last Crusade is the last one. That's right. And Back to the Future Three is before. And there's Top Gun. There's one in the middle. I'm almost positive because it's Avengers, Top Gun, and then there's something else that's right in between them. I don't know. No, I think Avengers is the second Sunday of the month. No, it's not. Avengers is the first Sunday of the month. Is it? Yeah. I'm almost positive. What the fuck else do we put in the month? I don't know. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'll see it when I get home. Yeah. Because it's on my calendar, so. You'll never know. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Do you want to hear a secret? Ooh. All right. Well, everybody, that was Jackie Brown, the classic Tarantino film, the movie we think is his best movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and as I said before, I think it's Sam Jackson's best role it'd be hard to argue that it is hard to argue that mm-hmm. it's between that his and role snakes is, on a plane yeah <laughs> it's between that and um, the other guys mm-hmm. for his for his 10 minutes that he was in the movie I still want that movie with him in the rock please so please. well everybody I hope you enjoyed this uh, review and we'll see you next week which was I'm almost positive will be our Avengers uh, I'm pretty sure it's Avengers yeah one. Um, though, you know, I was thinking in hindsight, maybe we shouldn't do Avengers because of Joss Whedon, but at the same time, it is, it's, it is one of the biggest compliment movies of all I, time. I don't want to do it because of Joss Whedon, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you can't ignore it. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So. But I will give him no, yeah, I, I, I will in give my him, opinion, all the I, credit goes to Kevin Feige. Anyway. Yeah. I will give him no credit for the movie. Yeah, he'll get no quarter from us. Pirates of the Caribbean. That's in July. No, that was yeah. no. It's in July because it's the anniversary. I thought that. I thought we did that in May. Mm. Yeah, because well. it came out July two thousand three. It's oh. the eighteenth anniversary. Huh. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Mm. We'll edit it in post. Sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Esteban.
<laughs> is that a slam? <laughs> <laughs> Not really oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. Anyway, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still Esteban. I mean George Rogers. Yeah, and we will see you. We'll see you in the George Rogers in the Esteban verse. Yeah.